I think some of you may be confused at what my job is, so let me be very clear what I am to do every weekend for you during a homily. I am to hand you a new piece of sandpaper for you to then take for the entire next week to your own personality. I give you the tool, you are to do the work. You're laughing as if this is not a serious matter. No, I'm very serious. That is my job here. And I want to start today by saying if you hear his voice, harden not your hearts. This is the psalm that we just sang. And if you are like me, you've been singing it for the entire time you've been Catholic, which for me is my whole life. We sing this song constantly, but how many times have you allowed the Lord, through his voice, to change your heart? Today I'm going to say some things that are going to get spiritually uncomfortable. But if you listen with a heart that is soft, not a heart of stone, then you may leave today different, or at least possibly different, than when you walked in. If today you hear his voice, harden not your hearts. Now the church's desire for you is to hear my voice and to take it as the voice of the Lord. Trusting that I have prayed, I have studied, I have been given the grace of preaching through my ordination, and now through my appointment by the bishop, as your priest, I am to be the voice of God to you. So as such, let me say this very clearly to you. Stop caring about stupid stuff, okay? This is what Jesus says in the gospel to Martha, does he not? He says to her, you are worried and anxious about many things, but there is need of only one thing. There are so many things that we think are important, so very wonderfully important. But how much of what we do or what we have actually matters? Tell me, what is one thing that you do or have that will be here in 200 years? Nothing. Not the house you live in, not the car you drive. Anything you have right now, if we threw it in a landfill, would be reclaimed by the earth. Are you in medicine? Your patients will die. Are you in technology? It will become obsolete and ancient within your lifetime. Probably every two years, the way Apple does it. If you are in education, every one of the theories of pedagogy and how to best pass on knowledge changes yearly. So ask yourself, what is it that you do that really matters? And here, if your heart is saying, well, wait a minute, my life matters, might I suggest softening your heart and not getting defensive just yet? If today you hear his voice, harden not your hearts. I am only saying our lives and the things that they contain do not matter because of the first reading. Vanity of vanity. Everything we do and have is vanity. These are beautiful and truthful words from Koheleth. The reading continues, and it gives this example that there is one who labors much, and there is one who does no work. And in the end, rich or poor, they both die. So I ask you again, how much of what you do daily really matters? Your heart may want to recoil from these words with fear, 
because I am speaking of death in a veiled way. So let me say this to you in love from today's gospel. You fool! Your life may be demanded of you this night, and we go about as if we will live another hundred years. We live with such confidence that we will wake tomorrow. What vanity. We have no control over how long we will live and if we will draw another breath. So now that I have thoroughly depressed you and made you think everything is foolish and nihilistic, let me try and redeem this homily. Brothers and sisters, Paul says in the second reading, if you were raised with Christ, seek what is above. He doesn't mean that if you were a cradle Catholic raised in the church. He means that if you have died with Christ in the waters of baptism, then you have also been raised with him through his resurrection in the waters of baptism. And this is so that your mind would be oriented towards heaven always. This is the one thing we should never forget. Everything we do should orient us towards getting to heaven. If we start a project without an end goal, it is considered foolish, is it not? Now, the gospel provides for us a parable about a man who has a goal to make more room because he has so many things. He simply cannot hold them in what he has now. Is this also vanity? No, it's actually proper stewardship. The gospel tells us of this man so that we cannot put our trust in money, that we may not love money, that we do not put it before God, we do not place our things before our Creator. Because everything you do does matter here. Every choice we make either brings us closer to heaven or farther away from it. Remember the words of St. Therese when she says, the world is your ship, not your destination. Your heart might be tempted to be hardened a bit and say, calm down, Father Dan. It doesn't really matter if I choose vanilla or chocolate ice cream. Does it? It might. Because big decisions are made by hundreds of little decisions. So if your choice for vanilla is selfish in some way, maybe you will be selfish in a big way later. The choices we make matter. Once we have died, our fate is sealed. But while we are still living, we have time to try and preach the gospel with our lives and our examples. We have time to make atonement for our sins and those of the whole world. And we have time to remember that while there are so many wonderful things on earth, they are nothing more than distracting baubles if we put them before the Lord. If we keep our hearts, our hearts focused on heaven and we constantly try to hear his voice and keep our hearts soft and malleable, then we will make small decisions every day that show we want to follow the Lord with our whole lives. Now, one of the best, fastest ways of properly focusing yourself in the world and on heaven is to pray what is called the litany of humility. Now, anyone can easily Google this. It's litany of humility, right? Easy enough. You all have smartphones. I believe in you. But this prayer, litany of humility, may sound very scary, for it has the word humility in it, and who likes that? Again, do not harden your hearts because I have said humility, but rather wait. This prayer is actually for spiritual wimps. 
The first third of it is asking the Lord to deliver you from disordered desires. It says, from the desire of being esteemed, deliver me. From the desire of being loved, deliver me. Not that being loved is a bad thing, but if you put your desire to be loved in front of everything else, in front of your fellow man, in front of your love for God, then you have broken the first commandment. And your desire to be loved outweighs the love you are willing to give. The second third of the prayer seeks to remove fear from your life. And if you are anything like me, you are afraid of so many, many things. Fear of humiliation. Fear of being wronged. Fear of being rejected or forgotten. Is your heart hardening right now, saying, I'm not afraid of anything. I have nothing in life that scares me. Pride, I have found you. The last third of the prayer says, Lord, I am not strong enough to pray directly for virtue yet, but I pray to want the grace to even want those things that you want for me. I can't yet pray for humility or patience or gentleness, but I want you to give me the grace to desire these things, knowing that they are good for me. Now, I promise you, brothers and sisters, if you say the litany of humility every single day, you will love and understand the scriptures, for you will see so many things as vanities. But the scriptures are not exhorting us to nihilism, but rather they are showing the depths of love that God offers us, for showing us the world and all it has in its wonder, and then showing us that there is still so much more. If we keep our eyes focused on heaven, then we shall never be disappointed by anything in the world.